This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 121. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Tara Clays. And I'm Liam Dempsey. Today, we are joined by Natasha Burtonshaw-DeVries. After realizing that teaching and childcare just weren't for her, Natasha is now living the agency life as a digital marketing and SEO specialist. She lives near Toronto, Canada, and enjoys sailing, hiking, skiing, playing trombone, soccer, and Toronto FC. Welcome, Natasha. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Hey, it's great to meet you, Natasha. Thanks for joining us on Hallway Chats today. Would you please start by telling us a little bit more about yourself than what Liam just described? Yeah, so uh, my name is Natasha. Um, I'm 25 years old and kind of in the last two years or so, I took an interesting little career pivot into the digital marketing world. Um, For years, I was kind of headed towards a career in social work, teaching. I'd always enjoyed kind of working with kids. Um, That's my parents' background. So just kind of following them into that, you know, social services, mental health, just helping the community as your field of employment world. And I kind of started into it after university and it was a mix of just not, not really being able to pinpoint why, but just kind of knowing maybe it wasn't the place I wanted to be for the next 20 or 30 years of my life as much as I loved it and knew I was good at it and got good feedback about how great I was at it um and also just a lack of long-term opportunities you know kind of we all know some of the struggles of being young in today's world and you know even regardless of your age just part-time employment the gig economy it's getting harder and harder to find that stable full-time you know long-term job that you stay at for life so you know, I did my best, you know, I had kind of a great job for a year out of university where I went out to Quebec for a year, um, working in a, English, a French-speaking school out there, sorry, um, teaching, helping to teach English. Um, so that was a really great kind of job out of university experience, um, living in a French-speaking area. It was absolutely gorgeous where I was living. Um, it was a really great chance to just work and explore and have some fun while still making Uh, enough money and getting some good employment experience but when I came back to the Toronto area it was just you know I could never find that full-time job I was kind of bouncing between two or three part-time jobs at once and you know I may do you know I worked with some great people and had some great experiences along the way but I was just like I I can't do this for the rest of my life like I I gotta move out of my mom's house at some point I gotta you know be able to live on my own and not always be working evenings and weekends and you know, there were times where I'd be waking up at like five in the morning to start work at six and not getting home till like nine o'clock at night. And, you know, did it for a few years, but it, it just wasn't a long-term plan. And, you know, I, I did a bit of kind of volunteer work for a youth organization, university, kind of around youth advocacy and youth rights and participation. And I did kind of the communications and social media side of things for them. And through that, I discovered I really enjoyed kind of marketing communications. I got some feedback that I was really great at it. So it was something I kind of toyed around for a while, maybe going back to school for marketing. But kind of what really made me make that jump was uh, three some, two or three summers ago, I spent the summer working up in northern Ontario. So um, I don't know how far north it is from Toronto, but if you know where Thunder Bay, Ontario is, which is kind of the 
north end of Lake Superior. I lived in a community 400 and then another one 600 kilometers north of there. So remote communities with only a few hundred people, um, on, unless it's the winter, they're only accessible by planes. And then, you know, it's tiny airplanes landing on gravel runways. It, it was quite the experience up there, you know, limited internet access. Um, life can be tough, tough up on those reserves. So, can, you know, the, my first three weeks up there, I had extremely limited internet access, only at the school we worked in. Um, and we didn't have it at home. So sometimes on the weekends, we would want to get on the internet. So we'd go and sit outside the school with like one bar of Wi-Fi and just sit there using this like slow satellite internet while being bitten by bugs and having like the res dogs hanging out with us. It was, it was a summer of memories. And then the next community we lived in, we had internet at home, which was nice. And kind of one thing I'd said to myself was like, after kind of the school year wrapped up and that job, you know, I was going to start looking for something else as much as I enjoyed my job at the time. And I, I just applied for marketing programs. I said, let's just do it. And, you know, I, I applied to a few different ones, but I, I had my eye on one and I got in and I started in January and I got a, you know, amazing summer co-op that continued into a part-time job. And I actually got hired into my current job just over a year ago, um, six well, I guess I got hired about two weeks, two months before I graduated. I started part-time six weeks before I finished school. And yeah, I've just kind of found my calling, um, had a really great, you know, went through a really great program in school and I've met some great people along the way, but that's kind of how I ended up in my job right now and kind of discovered a particular love for SEO. So if you'd asked me, you know, even two years ago, if I'd ever end up in your know, business or marketing program and doing what I do now I'd be like you need to stop taking whatever drugs you're on because that's crazy but here I am and enjoying the journey and adventure so yeah that's a lot of background I have to say when I first read your intro and you talked about child care I assumed that you were like that you had children and so you were oh no <laughs> so now that makes sense that so you were teaching children um so there's a lot there what an interesting path you've taken at a young age and I'm particularly fascinated with what what uh, prompted you to go live in the middle of sounds like pretty much nowhere where you had no internet and, and did that, um, did that experience being so disconnected impact your desire to be very connected now and to work actually on the internet? That's an interesting question. I've never really thought of that before. Um, I, mean, I don't think it really impacted it, but kind of being removed from our, you know, just connected world and, you know, in one sense, you know, everything we enjoy from the internet, but also just kind of those basic things you take for granted, like um, just, you know, always having stores available and um, even just kind of healthcare and all, they just simply aren't as good in those remote indigenous communities as we have down south. So kind of both removing myself from the internet and just all the regular kind of amenities and luxuries of our daily life. You don't really think of them as a luxury, but they are once you've been up there. Um, I don't know if it's impacted anything, but it, it definitely gives you a different perspective when you come home and kind of just makes you more appreciative for the things you do have. And especially those three weeks where I didn't have much internet, it definitely... I think it kind of removed some of my dependence on, you know, just 
being able to, you know, go online and search up a recipe or news or the weather and um, even just not being able to just text friends or family for quick questions or problems or whatever. So it's hard to really say in words the impact it's had, but it definitely gives you the different perspective and definitely removes some of my, you know, constant reliance on my phone. Yeah. Do you, do you miss being disconnected? You think back fondly on it, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) At the end of the day, I think the benefits of being connected are much greater than those of being disconnected. But the nice thing about, you know, where I live now is that you can make the choice to be disconnected instead of having it kind of forced upon you. So it's it's always hard to compare the situations because they're so different. But I think it, it also just makes me better at, you know, taking a few hours away from my phone or, you know, turning off your notifications to be able to focus on something and, definitely happy being connected, but some of the benefits of being disconnected have kind of continued on too. Tell us about playing trombone. That is not a super common instrument in, in any, any kind of venue. Tell us about how you play. Are you, are you jazz? Are you classical? Are you, what do you play? So I've always played an instrument pretty much as long as I can remember. I started playing violin in elementary school. Um, I picked up the flute in middle school and made the very natural jump from flute to trombone in high school. (laughs) Uh, I think I remember our conductor just said they really needed trombone players. I'm like, oh, it seems kind of cool. Like, you know, why not? Um, My high school had a very strong music program. So I went from playing flute in kind of the grade nine and more junior orchestras to jumping into the senior jazz band and orchestra in grade 10 with an instrument I'd only played in a few months. Uh, And music was really big for me in high school. Um, I think partially just because we had such a kind of dedicated and strong music program, Um, lots of opportunities there and kind of really great community found through that. And I think part of the reason I always enjoyed music too was like I was a smart kid, you know, the academic stuff was really easy for me. So it just kind of gave me more of a challenging outlet and something to just really kind of throw myself into. Um, From there, outside of high school, I joined a well-known kind of youth jazz band in our community. And um, that gave me some really cool opportunities to just play in a lot of venues locally. Um, And then my last year in the band, we actually had the chance to travel through France and Switzerland for three weeks, which was pretty cool. Um, We played at Juno Beach on Canada Day, which was really special. Um, We played at the Vienne Jazz Festival, the Montreux Jazz Festival in Switzerland. Uh, A lot of people will just nod their heads and have no idea what I'm talking about. Other people are like blown away by that. So... um, (laughs) I don't know, I just enjoyed trombone from the minute I picked it up. Um, it's, it's a fun instrument to play. Um, you get some fun parts and get to be loud. Um, but I think just music in general has always been just a challenging and exciting venue and met lots of new people and gotten some really cool opportunities to travel. Um, I took a number of years off just in university and with living in different places and not being able to kind of commit to a group. But just this year, I joined a local community orchestra in the new city I'm living in. So that's been so nice to be playing again. You you don't really realize how much you miss something until you're back into it. And, you know, I like to joke that, you know, most people in the orchestra are like a good 20 years older than me, but it's still nice to meet new people and just get out of the house and be involved in the community beyond work. Yeah, sure. I was going to ask you if you're still playing. It strikes me that trombone is not the kind of instrument one can practice quietly or quietly at home without letting the neighbors know that Natasha's practicing again. 
Yeah, you know, someone in my high school bands actually lived next door to me. And they're like, yeah, I hear you're practicing sometimes. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> right now, unfortunately, I'm, I'm just stuck playing with kind of a mute in. So that's one thing I love most about rehearsals. I actually get to take that mute out and play properly. Can you tell from playing with a mute if you're hitting the note right? Is there a, a correlational scale that muted, and I don't know anything about music, but muted F sounds relatively uh, on, on some kind of sliding scale like unmuted F so you know you hit the note right? Or are you just practicing the physical moving of your fingers and the blowing? Once you practice all the right notes and everything, I mean, it kind of impacts the pitch and sound a little bit, but it's better than not practicing at all. So you make do with what you can and hopefully my neighbor doesn't hate me too much for it. <laughs> yep, I get that. I get that. Natasha, tell us a little bit about, about Word, WordPress. You and I met recently at WordCamp Niagara up in, yeah. up in Canada and you did a fantastic, I think it was your first talk ever if I remember Ew. correctly. I've done talks at kind of other conferences, but my first talk at okay. a WordCamp and first kind of like Excellent. in the marketing world. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to have been there. Tell us a little bit about how you stumbled into WordPress and, and how you use it on a regular basis. I guess my first experiences with WordPress would have been back in university, probably about six years ago. I just decided to start a blog, um, just a WordPress.com one. Um, what possessed me to do that? I honestly couldn't tell you, but I've always enjoyed writing. Um, I've always just enjoyed kind of, you know, being in the community and a bit of an interest in politics. I think that was some of my initial writings. Um, this, I lived in London, Ontario. I went to Western University, so they have kind of like a pretty strong online community there. So I think I initially kind of joined it through Twitter, branched out into blogging. That's probably my best memory of how I got started. Um, and as a kid, I'd always been interested in, you know, kind of a bit of web website development and, you know, kind of learned HTML and CSS probably starting around when I was like 10 or so. You know, I think I made some good old GeoCities websites back in the day. <laughs> um, so I think as far as WordPress goes, I think I just kind of moved from WordPress.com to WordPress.org, kind of a you know, full, more professional site, just to be able to do more with it, especially in terms of SEO once I started learning more about engaging with SEO. Um, and from that personal use, um, that youth organization I talked about before, we used a WordPress site and now working professionally in marketing. Um, I work for an agency, we're a full service agency, but obviously these days we're more focused on digital things. So we do our own web development in house. And while I'm not involved in you know, the development or building side of things, obviously being an SEO specialist, I do a lot of work on our website. So all of our websites through there are WordPress websites. Cool, so what do you do day to day? Kind of nine to five-ish is a marketing and SEO <laughs> specialist. <laughs> um, so I'm our only person working on SEO aside from some help with others, um, like our account coordinators for blogging and content creation. Um, so I, I do everything from the initial strategy and research through to, you know, reporting on results. So um Typical day for me would probably involve just working on one or two clients. I try to kind of spread them out so I touch on different people multiple times throughout the month. Um, you know, I try not to just work on one person per day, otherwise I just lose it. It's, it's a bit too much. I find I'm kind of fresher and bringing better ideas when I just do a few hours at a time. 
especially for some of our like industrial manufacturing clients, I can only work on those for a few hours at a time. No offense to them. <laughs> um, so I always start off my, with my, my day with just a kind of a quick check-in on rankings, you know, make sure nobody's taking a set of nosedive or anything, um, celebrate if they've, you know, taken a nice spike up, which is always nice to see at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, and then as far as the work goes, you know, just, it varies a lot on the client based on how much time I have to work on them, um, the stage they're at in their campaign, and also just their unique industry and kind of website, but you know, working on on-site optimizations, um, kind of building and editing landing pages, um, content creation through blogging. Um, I don't, yeah, like I said in the past, like often the coordinators will do the blogging for me because I just don't have enough time to do it all. But lately I've been doing a lot more blogging, which has kind of been nice. It's kind of nice to do a bit more of a creative style of writing. Um, keeping up with technical SEO, um, definitely not my area of, you know, great expertise, um, but I kind of know what I need to know for my specific sites and clients and sometimes it involves, you know, figuring out what needs to be done for them. And yeah, so just kind of that ongoing content creation and on-site work and just constant monitoring and, um, readjusting as necessary. Sounds like a nice variety that you, that you get to explore each day. Um, I'd like to ask you a question, Natasha, that we ask all of our guests, which is how you define success. So even though I would say you are at a young age in your life, you've done a lot of different things, really super interesting things, actually, including what you're doing now. Um, but how do you tie it all together or not, but, but do you tie it all together? And, and do you think about what success means to you at this point in your life? And, how, and what does that mean for you? That is a difficult question to answer because I think my definition of success has just really evolved, especially in the last few years. Um, I mean, there's there's days where kind of being successful is maybe more of like a work-oriented thing. Um, I mean, kind of going back to school full-time in a challenging program and commuting to Toronto and completing that really and doing really well, and it was a huge success. Um, and then there's other times where just like making it through the day or like making it through the day without crying or losing it is a huge success too. <laughs> um, I know in the last, last two years, I guess it's been um, kind of the week before I went back to school full time after, you know, being out of school for about two and a half years and working. Um, the week before I went back to school, my aunt was actually diagnosed with brain cancer and had surgery three days after that diagnosis four days after that diagnosis. So Monday at 8 a.m. she had surgery. The next Monday at 8 a.m. was my first class. So that was a whirlwind and kind of all the treatment and challenges that followed. So that was one of those times where sometimes being successful was just making it through the day and keeping everybody healthy and somewhat sane and fed and the house kind of clean. Um, so thankfully though, that's kind of quieted down. So I think you know, kind of evolving from that successes. I guess for a while, success wasn't about me. It was about other people. Um, kind of right now, I'm able to be a bit more selfish and focus on myself, which is nice. Um, um, I think a big part of success for me has always just been about, one, just feeling you're moving forward and like accomplishing things, whether that's learning, you know, producing something. And I think a big part of success has also been just being able to help other people. And you know, I've kind of, you know, changed careers and what I've been doing in life. But I think that's kind of always been something I've tried to incorporate throughout, whether that's, you know, my actual job or volunteering. Um, recently, I've kind of been taking on a little bit of mentorship, just um, 
connecting with some old students in the program I went to school in, just kind of talking to them, giving some advice. I've been back to the classes a few times just to give a bit of like an alumni talk, sharing my experiences in the program and how I've moved on from there. So yeah, success, I guess, is just about kind of surviving, moving forward, and sometimes moving forward is big steps, and sometimes it's baby ones, but as long as it's forward, that's what matters. Yeah, that's a good perspective. I like that very much. I like the outward focus, and I'm glad to hear things have calmed down for you. That sounds like it was very <laughs> <Knock difficult. on wood. laughs> very difficult time. I'm curious, what did you talk about at the WordCamp, at your first WordCamp talk? So I did a talk about blogging and making blog posts SEO friendly. Okay. Just kind of tips and tricks for kind of boosting your performance and writing good posts and all the on-site optimizations you can do. And yeah, kind of somehow turning my job into, you know, a half hour presentation. <laughs> I had to talk fast to fit it all in. Yeah. Yeah. Did you enjoy that process? And was oh, that, that was a goal that you set for yourself? And you it was a it was a lot of fun. Like, you know, I love kind of talking and sharing. Um, I was on vacation the week leading up to the WordCamp, which was a bit of a challenge. And I probably wasn't as prepared as I could have been. I'm not afraid to admit that. But it was even good to just kind of get that first experience of getting up there and sharing over with. And, you know, now I can kind of take that experience and get ready for the next one. Yeah, hopefully you'll do another one. You did a great job. Thank I want to. I want to ask about soccer. Do you play? Do you just watch? I know you're a Toronto FC fan. I do play soccer. soccer. Um, kind of similar to music. Like you know, I played it growing up. I come from a soccer family. You know, one half is English, one half is Dutch, so it's quite literally in my blood. <laughs> I always like to joke that um, my father takes time off of work whenever the World Cup comes around to sit at home and watch soccer on TV. And before his dad passed away, he would fly from Winnipeg to our house to sit at him, to sit at home with him and watch soccer on TV. That, that is the kind of soccer family I come from. Um, so yeah, I played all growing up, you know, again, took a break during university just because life gets in the way. And I think for about three years, I've just started playing again in a local adult league. So yeah, it's, I'm not the greatest. I'm not terribly, but it's a great way to be active and have some fun and you know, of course, as you know, I'm a big Toronto FC fan, and who follows me on Twitter will definitely know that. And um, I mean, it's fun to. Follow they just won the MLS Cup. They won. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. we didn't win. We lost. Was it last year? Was it last year? We won in 2017. Was it that long ago? All right. I'm yeah, sorry. we we just played in it a few weeks ago, and unfortunately lost to Seattle. But it's okay. I'm, I'm recovering. <laughs> we'll get over it. <laughs> But yeah, we've been following Toronto FC since the start. Like I've got photos of me at Toronto FC games wearing braces. Um, but it's just a big family thing too. It's lots of fun, you know, lots of good family memories there with my dad and, you know, stepmom going to games and we've got season seats. So looking forward to next season already. I'd like to ask you about your experience doing childcare and uh, in, in sort of sound like it was education related as well when mm -hmm. you're working with children. Um, and we hear from a lot of people who take their experience and and teach others. So you've done a word camp talk. Is it is is there any part of you that thinks about your role combining your experiences as a teacher with your experience as a digital marketing person and doing some some teaching? For sure. Um, 
people, you know, people kind of thought I was crazy for making the jump from teaching uh, to marketing, but there's honestly a lot more parallels than people realize. I think just kind of in the day-to-day job itself, like it, it's about communication, um, you know, very different kind of tactics and end goals. But at the end of the day, it's, it's communication, you know, getting your message across, getting people to understand something, you know, convincing them of something. Um, one skill I think that really kind of transferred from marketing or from teaching to marketing well, especially my experience teaching English to French kids was just like thinking, how do you best present something? You know, what medium should I use? You know, what order do I present it in? Even like what specific words to use? Um, sometimes the very specific words, you know, with my French kids were really important because, you know, if you explain something using a word that's very similar to French, you know, it makes it easier for them to understand. Um, you know, it, it's, it's really not, you know, obvious transferable skills, but I really do feel like a lot of kind of teaching and working with kids prepared me well for marketing. And then also in kind of, you know, the client relation aspect of it, like, you know, I don't have a largely client facing role, but, um, you know, I do take on the role sometimes of, you know, explaining kind of more in-depth things about SEO or paid search that, you know, might be a bit beyond our coordinator's ability to explain, um, even just explaining things to the rest of my team that they don't quite grasp as much as I do. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of, you know, as you may be able to tell from this, I'm not always the world's most concise speaker, but um, just the idea of kind of taking a concept and just translate into a way that people understand and even that they value is definitely something that I took from you know, education and um, kind of childcare into the marketing world, even just how to make things exciting and interesting, especially my time from summer camp um, prepared me well for that. Natasha, I want to ask you about advice. It's another one of our our signature questions. And the question is, is what advice have you been given or have you encountered and successfully implemented in your life? What's the best advice that you took on board, worked well for you, and you would want to pass on to somebody else? Probably, I think just the best advice in general, and also just in the sense that taking it had a really phenomenal impact on my life was my grade nine music teacher. Um, It was after I picked up trombone, and I remember my music class that year fell second semester. So he encouraged me to not just, you know, play flute in that class, which I already knew, but to play trombone for the class. Um, And I did one of my playing tests one day, and he asked me, oh, are you going to audition for the senior jazz band and I looked at him I was like uh no (laughs) like why would I do that and you know he was kind of talking about oh you know I think you could do it you know whatever I was like well maybe you know think about it you know in my head being like absolutely not your nuts um but kind of finally what he asked was like are you interested in it would do you want to do it I was like well for sure it would be really cool I think it would be you know great experience and he said okay well let's make it happen and, um, you know, I mean, to be honest, I probably got into that band with, you know, maybe a little bit of a lower level ability than maybe some other people, but I think he just really believed in kind of my potential and ability to, you know, work to get up to that standard that I need to be. Um, and yeah, I went on to have a really great kind of musical career in high school and beyond. And, um, I often look back on that advice and just think it, you know, stop thinking about, you know, the barriers, stop thinking about the things go wrong. And, you know, 
unfortunately, everything in life, you know, just because you want it doesn't mean it's going to happen. But I think more often than not, if you say, you know, I really want to do this, um, you know, I want to work towards it, and you make that choice, then you can make it happen. Yeah, I love that. And I think, to your point, it, it may not happen if you try, but it's certainly not going to happen if you don't try at all. Absolutely. Yeah. What if a, you choose what a not to story. go for it, then you're guaranteeing it won't happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you stay in touch with that teacher at all? I haven't recently. It's He's been one of those people that's kind of been on my list to you know, say hi to and check in with, but... Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, the list of people I need to check in with is long. I'm not always the greatest at staying in touch, especially if people aren't on social media, but we'll, we'll work on that list. Good reminder. Thank you. <laughs> I'll send them I'm this not podcast. throwing stones. <laughs> I'm not throwing stones. Maybe, maybe invite them to one of your upcoming shows now that you're back in the jazz band. <laughs> right, good, there good. you go. That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, it sounds like that also set you up for being open to new opportunities when they come your way in terms of what you've, you know, the path that you've taken since then as well. So it's, it's, I think music is a great um, mind opener for people. And I wish that I had more musical talent, but I encourage my kids to, to do a lot of music because I do think that if you can, if you can get over the geeky music nerd stuff and, you know, in middle school, then, then it really, it's, it's so many good things for oh, your yeah. brain There's and so I think many life lessons open like that yeah yep yeah messing up forgetting what you're supposed to play <laughs> performing all those things being part of a team yeah it's great so I'm glad to hear that it's sounds like it's impacted you in more ways than music too well and I guess playing soccer it's teamwork too so oh yeah you've been well prepped for all of that Natasha, we are getting close to the end of our time together. And before we say goodbye to you, I want to ask if you can share where people can find you online, please. Yeah, so the best way to connect with me would be on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Natasha underscore BD. Um, you can also find my personal website online, NatashaBD.ca. Uh, yeah, those are, those are the best ways to connect with me online. The only content that's probably of interest to you guys. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry we ran out of time so quickly. I was about to ask you another question and then I caught myself and I saw the time. So we'll have to chat again. Oh, uh, go on, Tara. Ask the question. <laughs> Come on now. Oh, You're making us feel I've bad. I've already forgotten it. I've already forgotten what it was. <laughs> Natasha, um, it was a real pleasure to, to reconnect again with you. Thank you so much for joining us out here in our virtual hallway. Thanks, Natasha. Yeah, thanks. It was great to talk to you guys. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves. <laughs>